I'm Fran, and this is Consent Based Everything, a podcast about creating a culture of consent in our homes and beyond. Hello, welcome. Um, Today I am here with Sarah, who is uh, at Sarah Happiness is here on Instagram. So I'm really excited to be chatting to you because you've you've obviously been like a huge voice in the unschooling Insta world. And you um, and you've been doing it for a long time now, um, you know, because your kids are how old is your? Yeah, I, and my oldest is about to turn fourteen. But I think I started my blog when um, my third daughter was like nine months old. So that would be like eight years ago. That okay. is quite long now. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's a significant yeah. amount of time. Yeah, I, mean, I haven't thought about that actually. Yeah. Yeah. No, it is, and I, you know. Because a lot of people like pop in and out, I feel, you know, mm. like might do a bit of homeschooling or unschooling and then their kids might go back to school and then. Yeah. So yeah. you've really like stayed the course. But um, <laughs> anyway, I'll let you just do like a quick intro of, you know, who you are, what you do. Um, most people will probably already know, but go for it. Okay, um, I'm Sarah and we live in um, Brisbane, Australia. And we have four daughters who are, um, well, one's about to turn 14, one's about to turn 12, and then nine and seven. And they have never been to school. So we've uh, unschooled the whole time. Um, I think when my oldest was about to go to kindy, like we had signed her up and everything, we went and tried it out. And then I, I literally, I must have, I've already read something about homeschooling and I had it in the back of my mind. So like the moment she was like, hang on a second, you drop me there and then you leave. I was like, and she was upset about it. And I was immediately like, that's it. We're not doing it. I think I was just like, I needed a reason. I wasn't, I didn't know anyone who homeschooled. So I didn't feel confident enough to be like, we're just doing this from the start. But, you know, I had it obviously in the back of my head. And then when I had an excuse, I was like, that's it. We're doing it. Yeah. So we've been, yeah, homeschooling since then. I didn't think I would unschool either because, um, oh, well, I never even considered homeschooling. So then that seemed pretty wild. But I think it's just like most people when you um, start, you you realise like how much they're already learning and you don't actually have to be doing all this stressful stuff. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, then I started blogging about it because I just – I don't know, I had that before I started the misconception about what homeschoolers were, like these, I don't know, maybe super religious people sitting around the kitchen table, not allowed to leave the house. <laughs> and so I really wanted to blog about it so more people knew, hey, normal people do this. And there's actually a lot of normal people doing this and we're all having fun and you don't have to go to school. So um, I just want to spread the word because I felt really grateful that I just happened to come across something because if I didn't, I wouldn't have known that it was an option and things could have looked really different. So I just want, yeah, I wanted everyone to know there are options and you don't have to do that. And since then I, I've just gone deeper and deeper into it, I guess, and um, do a lot of things differently to mainstream. But yeah, that's where we're at now. So we've been unschooling all that time and we've never used like a curriculum or anything and the kids are totally interest-led and I think it's really awesome. <laughs> It is awesome. And I think like you blogging about your experiences has been so helpful to so many people. I mean, I've I've heard from so many people who follow you and who are like always inspired by 
what you say and what you do. And I and I'm one of them. Like I just remember, I think yours is one of the first unschooling blogs that I read and oh. first accounts I ever followed. And I was like, yes, I want to be like this. Uh, and then I realized my kids obviously were completely different children to yours. <laughs> and we'd be doing completely different things. But yeah. like the kind of initial idea was out there, you know, yeah. which is you can do it your way. Yeah, that's yeah, that's totally the point. Like it doesn't have to look like anyone else. It just doesn't have to look like school. Like it can be whatever works for your kids. Like everybody, it's just it seems so wild that, you know, we all think that school is the one way and that there could be a one way for everyone when everyone is so different. That's just absolutely not. (laughs) It really is. And and it's so ingrained as well that like literally nobody questions it. No. It's it's assumption that like that's the thing to do. And I think people aren't like that about so many other things, but they're like about education what is this like it's like a cult <laughs> um but it's you always you always have that thing when you're talking to someone and they're like oh my god what about this and then when you actually start talking and then they, they say actually that makes a lot of sense I never thought of it like that and I'm like that's right <laughs> if you if people just stop and think for a minute they'd be like what am I doing this is this is kind of weird yeah it is it is weird as a concept like if yeah. aliens came down from yeah. whatever and saw school they might think it's totally bizarre and yeah. weird and like why bizarre. Um, but also I don't know if you found this but like as your kids as my kids get older especially my eldest who's 11 now everyone's kind of assuming like school is like looming on the horizon yeah yeah they're like of course yeah. what about high school same as now um, yeah, yeah I mean for sure and and here's a question and like this is maybe not uh, it's not a pre-approved question but um, <laughs> have your kids ever deep breath, yeah. <laughs> have, have your kids ever asked to go to school uh no they haven't <laughs> actually the only thing that's happened is one of my kids once and uh, maybe a couple of years ago um was talking about school and she was talking about it in such a way that I was like, are you interested in school? And she was like, I don't want to go to school, but I really wish I could go there for one day just to see what's happening and what all these people are doing. Like she just wanted to experience it or what what it would be like to be a person at school, like just kind of imagining if I was someone else, what would that be like? And I said to her like, "Um, well, what can we do to like kind of help that that's not really an option you can't go to a school for a day but maybe like we could like pretend we're playing school at home for a bit and you could see what it's like and she's like yeah I'd really like to do that actually I and I would like you know like you to come up with some work for me and I was like oh my god like anyway so I did that and I came up with all this stuff I'm like hey this is what you're gonna do and here's the thing and she's like I don't really feel like it <laughs> I was like, all right. <laughs> and then I kind of think at the end of that, I thought maybe she just wanted to know, like, I have the option. If I wanted things to look different, would you help me with that? And I did. And she was like, oh, that's good to know. No, thank you. <laughs> um, yeah. So they all know that they have, like, if they wanted to go to school, I know. I, I'm, I know that they would know that I would be like, oh, my God. It's like, why? But they also know that, um, 
they would be able to make that choice and they could if they wanted to. And if there was something about school that they needed, then, of course, we would support them and make that happen. But I just don't feel like there's anything they're missing that they could get from school. Like, I just I just can't imagine a time at the moment, I can't imagine. So what they're like now in the near future, any time where they're going to be like, you know what, I don't want to do this. I want to go to somewhere where someone's going to tell me what to do all day and I have to wear a certain thing, I have to wear shoes, my hair has to be up, like someone's going to tell me what I have to learn and what I'm interested in. And and so they're such like a part of a community of friends that are doing the same thing that they would not want to give that up for school. So, yeah, none of them at the, so far have seemed keen. And I try not, like obviously I'm not a fan of school, but I try not to say that to them too much, like school is bad or you shouldn't like school. But They've are naturally curious and they've asked questions over the years, like, so what do you do? And like, and like I if I just explain what happens at school, a normal school day, they're like, wow, terrible. <laughs> you mean you can't just leave and wait, go outside when you want? You can't just go to the toilet when you want? No. Yeah. That sounds pretty, you know, unappealing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so so my son recently was he asked a similar question, like, can I do a trial? oh yeah and I was like it's not like it's not like your football class or whatever where you can like do a trial class <laughs> and then decide to yeah. join like, it doesn't really work that way but yeah. um but then I think sometimes asking them what they what they think what them if there's anything they're missing yeah and how to get that thing outside of school because often like for example he was what he was missing really was like team sport right wanted to do team sports he doesn't want to do any of the other things at school really he just wanted to be able to like play football with some other kids and so there's always other ways to like take that box right without also having to like commit to a whole other host of things which is I think so I can't think of anything that you couldn't achieve outside of school like if you just yeah do exactly like that and find out what is the actual need, what is it that you want? And even another thing that just came into mind that has come up um, is like the girls do a lot of dancing, so they're out under a lot of kids who go to school and they talk a lot about school and they ask them questions. Like one time someone asked them, how come you're not dumb if you don't go to school? And she was just like, because I'm not. <laughs> and um then so it's kind of come up like, am I learning everything I need to know? Like all these people are going here and they reckon that that's where you got to go to learn all this stuff. Should I be doing more? Like, do you think you should tell me some things to do? And so we've had to talk about that as well and what we believe and what do they think and, yeah, what do they want to learn about? Do they feel like they're learning enough? So, yeah, some of those influences from outside can contribute to them wanting to thinking about what's happening at school is there anything that I need to do that I'm missing out on but we haven't yet found anything that they are actually missing out of that we can't find outside of school better yeah, yeah. and I think it's also like that idea of like the the way a lot of people in the world and other children they talk to maybe who go to school have a very set idea of what learning looks like yeah and that and even just the movies they watch and tv shows or whatever like it does come through so I have had my kids be like, but wait, we're not really, are we really learning? Like, yeah. we're not, you know, sitting down and like. It doesn't feel miserable enough. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> How are 
interesting is it though the media um as well that they get it's just so interesting to me when they're about five, all the shows are like, it's going to be fun. You're going to go to school. We're all having fun. Isn't it going to be great? And then you get to like when they're about 10 or 11, all the shows are like, this really sucks, but we're all in it together. Like, That's so true. That's so okay. true. <laughs> so not selling it. <laughs> and the books as well of like older for older kids, yeah. like none of the kids in, yeah. in those no. They hate it. Everybody's mean. The teachers are mean. Like, Which is it's really just kind of like, it's just so, actually, it's kind of creepy. At the beginning, they're just trying to suck you in and make you get excited. And then once you're in there, they're like sucked in. It's it's pretty terrible, but we all know it. Like, right. And we're all in this together and it's too late yeah. now. You can't leave. You're trapped. So let's just, yeah. you know. Everyone's got to do it. There's yeah. no. Yeah, yeah. The narrative is <laughs> the, very right. Yeah, that is definitely the narrative that comes from like media and, oh. and and stuff like that um okay so I have a I have a consent related question okay um so you have four kids um yeah. and I guess I guess I I'm interested in knowing like how do you and there was actually someone who asked something very similar that I've been uh, chatting about on Instagram like how do you make uh decisions that feel like they're consent based but uh they're maybe not the thing that your child is enthusiastic about you know around things like when you have to leave the house to I don't know do groceries or when you have to do uh like work around the house like housework yeah well I think um I don't know I just feel like most oh well mainstream parenting is a lot of we have to teach our kids things to be a good person and I just think it's not that I have to be the boss of them and force them to be a good person it's more like I have to work together with them to give them experience of like you know being a person who makes decisions that uh, consider everyone's needs and also how to get their own needs met by you know problem solving and negotiating so when we're making those kind of things we just all talk about it I know I, I feel like my advice is like so simple but it's just like we've, how have we strayed so far away from just talk to your kids and just try and work it out with them but um it it feels like we all now are being told you need to use these techniques and you need to get in control you need to let them know who's boss and I just don't think it's like that at all. Like, and I think that we um, really need to focus on connection and it's not, when we talk about like consent and I know people online, like they go, they just take it to the next level. They're like, oh, so if you don't, if you ask your kid if you've got to change a nappy and they say no, you're just going to leave them in a dirty nappy for the rest of the day. Like it's not a black and white. Either you do nothing or you're strict in control. Like there's all this gray area, which is just conversations and just relating to them like you would another person who you respected and valued their opinion. And a lot of time kids aren't treated like that. So when we have to do those things, yeah, we just talk about it. And sometimes there's things that some kids don't want to do. And sometimes um, we have to talk about like, well, how, how are we going to work this out? Like, what's going to make it easier for you to be able to do it? Because this is really important to this person. And if you are actually connected, then people want to compromise for other people because they care about them and they care about other people in the family. But if you're being bossed around all the time, then maybe they're less likely to be like, you know, you know what, I really... 
really want to, you know, give up what I want to do for you because you boss me around all the time. So, yeah, like when I have to, I that doesn't mean I don't ask my kids, like, can you unpack the dishwasher or something? And they might be like, oh, I really don't want to. And I'm like, you know, I don't want to either, but I've got so many things to be really helpful. Could you please do that for me? And they most of the time will be like, yeah, sure, because we're all part of a family and we all care a bit about each other and we are all connected. So it doesn't seem to come up as much that there's these like fights about anything because we have that connection and everyone is is trying to work it out. No one's trying to be annoying or mm-hmm. or if they seem to be, then it's obviously really important what they want to do as well and we all need to think about that as well. Yeah. I don't know. I've, I've lost track of the question, but I just... No, 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 you're, you're answering <laughs> the question. Um, I like what you said about like between yes and no, there's like a huge grey area of... yeah just being in relationship with our children and like discussing things and having like ongoing conversations and like making agreements as well that don't look like yes and don't look like you know I think a lot of people often think that like we need to ask them the thing and then and then they'll say no and then we need to just respect that or like they'll say yes and then we'll just do the thing like there's actually a lot in between that I mean it depends what the thing is obviously but yeah when um I, when I was when my kids were little, I remember reading um nonviolent communication. Is that what it's called? Nonviolent communication. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I remember there was a part in it about that, like when your kids say no, and that doesn't have to be the end of the conversation. If it's important to you, you don't just accept. Well, then I don't get to do what I want. Like you can say, well, this is what how I feel. This is what I need, and I really like to do that because of this. And then they have a chance to also say the same. It's not like. It's not like I'm going to guilt you into this because I want to do it. It's just we both can communicate what we need and till we come to an agreement that everyone's happy with. And maybe it's that they end up doing it or maybe it's that you end up understanding really why they don't want to and you do it yourself. Like, right. Either way. But I think it's just about the conversation. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And like you said, like the aim isn't always to, in the end, make them do it. It's also yeah. to hear why it is that they don't want to. Do. Maybe they've had an amazing, amazing idea for something that they really wanted to do in that moment. Yeah, they don't want to. I don't know. Walk the dog right now because they're really into this other thing. And then we can we can also empathize with that and like understand. Yeah. Right. So yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so here's another thing that I think really helps um, in terms of like getting us all on the same page with things like um you know what we're gonna do on I don't know Monday morning or like if they have a set class on one afternoon like we're all gonna be ready to go and like mentally prepared for it and stuff um is just this idea of having like a rhythm and I know you talk a lot a lot about that so I'd love to hear how that works in terms of like uh yeah getting everybody kind of on board with what's happening yeah, I think um, the most important part is that we decide what it is together. So we like we have just done that, actually, because it's the start of the year and we had Christmas and holidays. So we were, you know, not doing much or doing different things than usual. And so then at the start of the year, we sat down and said, what do we want our days to look like? And had like a big meeting, really. And um talked about what things they want to make more time for what things they want to keep that in our days that we were doing before what things they want to scrap what new things they want to add in 
and we came up with an idea together of how the day would work. And it's not like uh, like a routine that's like, okay, 7 a.m. we eat breakfast, 8 a.m. we're reading books or something like that's really strict. It's more like a list of these are the things we want to do and this is generally the order we do them in and when and we just move on to the next thing when it feels right, when we're done with the last one. And so we do um, things like, like in the morning, the kids want me to like set up a little art activity or something for them to do while I'm making breakfast. So they do that and I make breakfast and then we eat breakfast together and read books. And then um, we like have a project time where I'm just there with them and everyone's working on their projects and um, things like that. And then the afternoon it's like dance classes and stuff but I really feel like that is so helpful because um I don't know you know I'm all about freedom and everyone doing what they want when they want to do it but sometimes that is also really overwhelming like in the if you wake up in the day and you're like what do I want to do I don't I don't know I've got all these things which one do I feel like and you have to decide and I find like it they really like it and it really helps them to decide maybe the night before like um tomorrow I feel like doing this and then they know when there's a project time, I'm going to be working on that. And I don't know, it just really feels like it helps them be able to find time to do the things they want to do and not feel overwhelmed with this whole, because they have a lot of ideas and a lot of plans. And that can be like, if you just look at the list of all the things, it'd be like, oh my God, there's too much. I don't know. I'm not going to do anything. Like, So um, having a bit of organization and planning and it doesn't mean like if you wake up in the morning and like actually I don't feel like cooking today I'm going to be like listen you said you're cooking get in the kitchen like you can adapt it but like having that back up there to be like this is what I think I'm going to do really helps and so that we don't have like a lot of like arguments in the day of like who's doing this and that because we've thought about it before and then also with like having four kids that is really helpful because you know if they all wake up and they're like, well, I thought I was going to cook today. And you're like, well, we've got one kitchen and four people can't use it. Then we're fighting about that. And it's just really helps our days flow easier to have a plan and a bit of a rhythm and know what everyone's up to. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. But yeah, we all have to come up with it together. And so like things, so like at the start of this year when, um, one of my girls was like, I really don't want to do read aloud time for ages. I don't, I'm not into it. I want to do other stuff. And everyone's like, but we really like read aloud time. We want to do that. And she's like, and I, and I said to her, you know, you could just go and do something else, play while we're doing that or whatever. And she's like, but I want everyone else to be doing the things I'm doing. Or I want to be with you when you're doing that. And I'm like, well, how's this going to work? Maybe what if you pick a few books that you really like and we'll read them first up whenever we do reading time. Then after that, you can go off. So whoever wants to stay for the more books can stay, but you've read the ones and done it with us. Um, and then you can get to do what you want. So there's lots of problem solving about, but we always, we always have those things too. I know like you were talking before a while ago about how your kids like to do things separately and you do things with them. My kids are the opposite. They're always like, but we all are doing this together. <laughs> Even if they're doing something different. So we have to work out like, all right, how are we all going to be happy doing this together? <laughs> it's like different challenges there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like, Please yeah. do things separately occasionally. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, my kids have gotten more into doing things together, but just lately. 
but for yeah. the longest time like it was mostly just my my youngest just took over the activity completely and my eldest just is just was is just in another place yeah like physically <laughs> and psychologically and like even just in terms of uh comprehension and everything yeah. so like she just was just like this is just not fun um <laughs> so, yeah. so yeah and still we do things separately and then occasionally she'll join in if she wants to but um but that works that works for us so again like it's it depends right yeah. just whatever works for you yeah exactly yeah so we have to in often they're like they're doing different things but they just want to be in the same area knowing I think it's also because you know if you're doing something and then you realize hey everybody else has gone off and I'm missing out on what they're doing and we had that problem with like reading by yourself as well like because some of them like to read their own books but they were never getting time because and I'm like, but you have all the time in the world. I don't understand. You can read literally whenever you want. Like, I don't have time for this. I don't have time for that. And the problem is I don't have time where everybody is not doing anything and I'm not missing out on something that's going on so I can sit down and read. So then for a while we all agreed that everybody wanted to read, so let's have a time where we all sit and quietly read. So <laughs> we're not doing that at the moment, but, yeah. Yeah, no, I remember when you were doing that. <laughs> I remember your pictures from it but yeah it's funny because I laugh as well when like my children are like I just don't have the time for that and I'm yeah. like wait we have half the days like <laughs> but, but I, don't, I don't say that because I feel like it's dismissive but then but I think it's just that they choose to do other things yeah uh, when they do have the t- I mean the time is that it's just a matter of like choice of what you're doing in that time so you know if you're going to spend like however much time on I don't know uh playing or uh I don't know another activity then obviously they're going to have less time for other it's like time management more than not having the time yeah so yeah um okay so I'm going to ask you a really obnoxious question which is is uh which you know is coming don't worry (laughs) and it is (laughs) and it is how will they learn to read and how will they do maths if you you respect their right to choose so rude (laughs) oh my gosh do you know actually when I was driving in the car yesterday I heard on the radio they were all joking about how none of them can help their kids well, once they get past about age 10, they can't help their kids with maths anymore. It's just too advanced. They, just, they have no idea. And I just thought, are you people serious? Like these are the people who will be asking me what about maths? And they, they just kind of think it's like some mystery that the experts need to take care of that like you you have no idea what you need. they need to be educated in. You have to leave that to the experts. And I think if most people just thought about it, like, hey, I don't know all this stuff. I'm a functioning adult they would realize what they're teaching in once they get a bit older is this abstract maths that is not applicable to real life that most kids are not going to need. And it's just absurd. I just think whenever people ask me about that, I I just want to ask, do you know these things? And most of the time, though, they will just say no, but kids these days need to. I'm just like, oh, I can't talk to you, okay? (laughs) Anyway, I don't want to say maths and reading are not important. Obviously, they're important, but 
if it's so important that you need it every day, then you're going to learn it. Like there's no way to not learn it. Reading is essential, like in our world today. Everyone's going to need to be able to read. Everyone wants to learn to read. Like if you're, a, you know, you read books to your kids, it's the written word is everywhere. It's just like, it's not like they're going to be like, you know, well, I don't really just pass on that. I don't feel like it. Like everybody knows that they're going to learn to read. They're going to, if you show them that reading is important. So um, I think the, the first thing I did was just relax. There's no kind of, I don't have to teach them these crazy advanced maths that people don't need. And then recognizing that all the things they're doing uh, include reading and maths. Like most of the time they're doing something, maths is in everyday life. So all we really did is, you know, read books to them, answer their questions. Sometimes they did a little bit of like reading programs if they were interested in or activities or things like that. But it's just felt like, I think this is a really hard one to convince people of though, because you can't um, really believe it until you see it. Like before I thought, yeah, kids have to go to school and be taught to learn reading. And maybe some kids want to be taught that way. And maybe some kids need extra help. No one is saying that don't do that or don't help kids. Like just don't help them at all. Absolutely do that. Help kids that need extra help provide a program if kids want to learn to read that way. But the idea that they will choose not to learn reading and math is just absurd. And like, I think if people just stop and think for a second, they would realize that's very, very unlikely. And also I just like uh, the job of an unschooling parent is just not to be a bystander. If you think that there's something that they really need to know, you can just say, oh, this is really important. Do you think like, and explain why you think it's important and would you be willing to, come with me and see this or give this a try or hear this book that I want to read you about it because I think it's important. Like they can say no, but you're, you know, you're part of it. It's like a relationship. You can just say, I don't think we're doing enough of this. Does anybody want to just give it a try? And if they hate it, stop. <laughs> and if they love it, great. Like it's not, it's not a big, it's not all these rules that you have to be like, oh, I can't. And you can make a mistake and be like, oh, God, I went too much on that. They didn't like it. I, now I know I won't do that again. Like how else do you learn to do something by making mistakes with all these things, like with education, with consent, like, you know, like maybe sometimes you did tell them what to do and you didn't listen to their reasons and you overread what they wanted to do. I know we all make mistakes. Like that is fine. You also can tell, um, you know, show them what it's like to be a human and how you apologize for that and what you're going to do about it after you make those mistakes but yeah yeah I think um, that's really another topic no again. no it's not it, it's that's important and actually not enough people talk about it I think in unschooling circles about like how often we say things or we might uh do things that like are not in line with how we really want to be yeah um, and that's okay like because we don't know how to do this either <laughs> we, we are learning and making it up like people, we weren't, like I didn't unschool, I went to school. So I have to learn how to do this. And if I'm not allowed to make mistakes, then I quit. <laughs> yeah, and I think, um, you know, I, I never used to say, I never used to say sorry to my kids. And I never used to like show them that I was human because I think that's how I was raised to like not do that. 
like yeah. the adult is the person in charge and they don't make mistakes and they are almost not human you have um, to look like you know everything you're in charge yeah like you you yeah. do know everything yeah so yes. um so and then and then you know I kind of had this realization and and it changed a lot and I've noticed how it's rubbed off on them a lot because they are so much kinder to themselves now yeah they'll do something you know they'll like spill something or you know make a mistake and then they'll be like oh well you know I'm, I'm only human like it's a mistake yeah I can tell how like me doing it has affected the way they see themselves as well so yeah. it's like, that's so important yeah 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 and I and I mean I I mess up all the time in terms of like consent especially with my eldest who is like a little less forceful about like saying no yeah she's, she's getting better at it and she's learning but there are so many times that I say something and, and I notice that I've gone across the line a little bit with her, but she doesn't immediately say, but I can just tell from her face. Mm. And I'll like go back and say, oh, I think that when I said that, like that was a bit over the line and I saw yeah. that in her face and she'll be like, yeah, I was. And yeah, so, you know, like it's okay. <laughs> like we all do that. Yeah. It's, it's valuable. Yeah. To and that's how you learn like what some, especially a child who maybe can't say, that's how you learn like where their boundaries are and you have to do that unfortunately through through practicing and getting it wrong sometimes which doesn't feel that great but yeah. it's how people learn yeah and yeah. I think going back to like what you were saying about reading is that I think there's a misconception in unschooling circles especially like that um they're supposed to just naturally pick it up okay so like you're supposed to just put the books out and like that and this does happen like some kids do that and great for them um and they're supposed to just like read and then and then want to start to learn and then they just kind of naturally happens and many children learn to read that way I learned to read that way um to some extent my eldest did too but yeah. but like some other kids like sometimes they want to learn but they don't really know where to start or maybe they need more structure you know yeah. you were saying like it's not we're not just bystanders yeah we can we can step in and like support and scaffold and check if there's any other issues that are like somehow preventing them from like getting the hang of it if we think there are you know it's yeah a lot of tools yeah I think yeah there's a lot of people who think that unschooling is just whatever the child wants and anything they have to come up with all the ideas and that's like I've so much pressure you know to come up with how you are going to learn everything like you're supposed to be there to help them and give them ideas and provide opportunities and it's just yeah the consent is the part if they are not into it don't keep pushing it but um I don't know now everything I say I'm like but also because there are also times where you know it's about it's really a lot about the relationship and knowing your child because some of my kids, if they're like, oh, I don't like that, I I know that actually they're just finding it a bit hard and they need me to be like, I, I really think you can do this and you might enjoy it. And some of them, uh, they don't want that at all, you know. So, oh, it's just like the relationship and everything and knowing your child and really what they need to help them learn. Yeah. And can you talk a bit more about that last thing, actually, because a lot of people I, I hear this a lot on on Instagram and people just bringing this up or like sending me messages about it, about, 
you know, that place where like your child says they don't want to do a thing uh, or they maybe start doing a thing and then they stop because they find it too difficult or at yeah. least think it's because they find it too difficult. And like, then what do you do? Are you like, okay, and you just let it go? Or like, how much do you, I don't want to say push, but like, how much do you kind of like, um, kind of support and nudge them to like persevere? Do you see what yeah. I mean? Well, um, yeah, I think you, it's definitely, you really have to, it's one of those places, again, you have to make some mistakes and push them too much and know and figure out, oh, that's too much for them. That's why that they don't really need that. <laughs> and other times, um, yeah, I, there's been times where I haven't said anything and then they've um, not gone through with it and then later been like, oh, I wish I had done that. And it, yeah, so I, the things I look for, like if someone is, um, really into something and really excited and they're just doing their own thing and they're not really talking or they might be just excitedly telling me stuff then I don't need to do it if someone is like I'm not sure what to do this is really hard I don't I don't um I don't feel like doing it or like just seems a bit like not motivated but it's something that they were really excited about recently then I feel like it, they might just need a bit more help and I would say something like um do you want me to help you think of what you could do next or is there something that's hard like where um who could we get to help you with this or maybe there's a video you could watch that could help with someone else doing it or just suggesting resources or ways I could help or just really talking to them about what's the hard what's hard and um helping them problem solve and sometimes, and actually a lot of the time they'll be like, yeah, they just need a little bit of help to get over a hurdle. Or sometimes if they just are like, no, I don't want to, and they get kind of annoyed, then that's my cue to be like, no, they, they're really just sick of it. Um, but it's really hard to know. Actually, I wrote a post about that. I can't remember what the name of it is. But um, it might be like something about supporting your kids' interests. And I wrote in there... Um, like some things I look for, you know, if they need more help or they need less help. But, um, yeah, if they get angry, <laughs> less help. Yeah. <laughs> so, but if they're a little bit frustrated, I do encourage them to, you know, work through it and see if I can help without doing it for them. Like I don't want to jump in because that can also say to them, you know, like I don't think you can handle this bit. I'll do this bit and then you can do the next bit. But, um. There have been other times like so uh, when my daughter was um interested in cooking a lot and she would she cooked some things and then she went through a phase like I really want to cook but I don't really know what to do and I don't I'm not sure I don't know what I want to make and I just we talked about it for a bit and then we came up with a solution that how about I pick some things that you can make and I'll get a, a like a bunch of recipes and I'll put them out and you pick from them it was just that the internet was too overwhelming with all the options and she needed me to help narrow it down, give her some options and then she could decide. And so like if I had have just said, oh, well, she's not really into cooking, then she would have probably stopped then. But instead I could just do a little thing to help her get her mind around <laughs> the choices and then she continued on doing that, yeah. yeah because sometimes but, um, it is overwhelming, right, to have yeah. limited options. It is. That's the other, yeah, 
thing about freedom. I, I feel like people always try to, um, like, catch you out. Like, if it's about, like, learning or, um, like, consent or something, they'll be like, oh, but what about times when that's not an option? And they kind of want you to say, like, I'm, if I'm saying, like, you should always get your kids' consent, they'll be like, what about when you can't get their consent? Like, they want me to say, well, there is times so that they can be like, well, all the whole idea in the bin. If there's times you can't do it 100% perfectly, then you can't do it at all. And it's just not like that. Like, you can't do anything 100% perfectly. But if you're just trying your best, that's better than not doing it at all. Like, just do what you think is best. And, yeah, I feel like the same with... um unschooling if I say like you know so I help them do this and they're like well is it really unschooling well yes it is like <laughs> we're having a relationship here we're <laughs> we're not it's not just um either they 100% do their own thing and there's zero suggestions for me or I'm deciding with the curriculum what they're doing it's just that gray area again it's not yeah. black and white and nobody's gonna be having fun in those black and white areas like we're all here in the middle being reasonable people <laughs> that's very true that's very true yeah. all in the gray area yeah. um, okay speaking of uh overriding consent I wanted to ask you like have there ever been times where you've had to and I'm I don't mean like in terms of like your kid is running into the road and you pull them away from the road obviously yeah. we're not gonna I'll be asking them can I pull you away from the road in that moment yeah. can you please um, stop? <laughs> exactly uh I mean you know with kind of more reasoned decisions uh not in terms of like uh, well it could have been a kind of health safety related decision but has there ever been a time where you where you've had like a non-negotiable or where you kind of put your foot down in a way or you said like sorry no this is like this has to happen and yeah I can't really think of an example actually I think um people want this to be a lot more common than it is but I think it's really not common that that would have to happen like because there's usually always time for a conversation and if you've got a relationship where you're not always telling them what to do then they really value your, your opinion when it is something that you feel strongly about because they're like well she's not always bossing me around or, or telling me what I have to do so she must really think this is important and I better listen. Like, but there's not, I don't know, maybe my kids aren't super risk takers, but, um, or they're just not, you know, in the, that old yet. But um, I haven't, I can't really think of an example of anything that, like, even like, yeah, medical treatment and things like that. There's always time to talk or they, yeah, just know that this is a serious situation. And I just think kids are a lot more reasonable than people think. Like, especially if they're kids that live in a home where they have a lot of practice-making decisions, then they're really reasonable and sensible and they want to be healthy and safe. Like, nobody's out there wanting to be dangerous. They're just trying to make the best decisions for them. And so if we can just talk to them about it, it seems like we can just always work it out. I think it must be really rare to have times where you have to be like, yeah, no, do what I say. <laughs> and yeah, I think I it also comes from like building that relationship, like you said, and like having them knowing that most of the time they get to make their own decisions. And yeah. so you have to say, you know, I think this 
would be better could you can would you consider this it doesn't feel yeah. like you're telling them what to do necessarily yeah probably probably that's it as well yeah like maybe there is times I have yeah that I have to say that but I can't think of any examples because they don't stand out to me as like times where I've definitely said no because it's always a conversation and they understand so it doesn't seem like a big deal and I don't yeah. think so people have asked me a lot about like non-negotiables so mm. like what you have non-negotiables and I and I Initially, I was like, I mean, yeah, I must, like, I must have some things that are not. Yeah. <laughs> when you said, like, about that question, I was like, yes, um, sure. Um, hang on a second. Right. Like... But then I always think, like, even the most, you know, even something like brushing teeth, which you think is yeah. non-negotiable, actually, there's always room for, like, a conversation. Like, yeah. so technically, there's no non-negotiable, because there's always room for negotiating something or some yeah. agreement around it it doesn't mean I'm going to be like sure don't ever brush your teeth but yeah you know, we've had conversations or this has been a tough one between me and uh, my son yeah. um but we've had many conversations around it and we've kind of gotten to a place where like he he knows it needs to happen but he has figured out a way to do it on his own terms yeah so he's doing it and I don't have to always be like and this is why we're doing it and like yeah. we gotta do it and it's just this thing that you have to do like we yeah. have a phase of that <laughs> but um <laughs> but then when he was a little bit younger because I think it was just harder to have a conversation then yeah but um but yeah it doesn't feel non-negotiable yeah that's it like that is a non-negotiable thing in our house I guess like everyone's got to brush their teeth but nobody's feeling like oppressed like you know someone's breathing down the neck you better brush your teeth because it's just conversation so like that didn't even come into my head as a thing like everybody needs to you know have showers regularly brush their teeth but nobody's um nobody feels like you know their rights are being violated because I'm there like get in there and brush your teeth like I don't know I feel like it's just a different vibe like we're just like we've talked about why you need to brush your teeth and then I'll remind them like oh can you go brush your teeth now and they're like yeah so yeah I guess that's a thing they have to do but they're consenting to it because they know it's important because of all the other stuff we've done before that yeah, yeah. if you it's skip like, that then you're going to have to have those awkward forcing kids to do things yeah and it's also like laying the groundwork I suppose yeah for all those conversations to then come right when they're little yeah kind of setting setting the scene in a way right yeah Okay, um, so I had something I wanted to ask you and then I've completely forgotten now. <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, just as, because we're going to, I'm going to have to let you go soon. Because um, <laughs> we've been chatting for a while. But um, I just wanted you to qu quickly touch upon, like, you've been talking a lot about how you've worked really hard to, like, make a community for your kids. Yeah. How, in a way, I don't know if you see it this way, but in a way that kind of, takes the uh the kind of positive side of school um away because as far as my kids are concerned the only great thing about school is that you see other children yeah if you see other children in other ways then you don't really need school um so I just wonder whether you could talk a little bit about that yeah I think that is definitely the case like that's a huge thing for them um a huge reason that they would not be interested in school because 
they have these friendships that are long lasting and kids they see like two holidays a week, they would never give that up to, you know, it's just not appealing to be like, actually, I'm never going to see them again. I want to see these strangers. Like, um, and they get, yeah, all that, especially as they get older, that wasn't so important when they were younger. It, we didn't have to meet up that regularly or, um, yeah, or have like friends you've known for years. They're happy just, you know, playing with people or meeting up with other people, other families. But now as they're older, they really need that community. And um, I just feel like, especially as they're going into the teen years, that feels really important for me. Um, you know, like when you're at school and you felt like if you've had a fight with someone, that's your whole world. You have to go there every day and everything is a mess. And that was just such a terrible feeling. And I just want them to have multiple communities so that, you know, if something's happening over here that's not the best, you know, I'm a person who has these other communities and I'm important in all these places and I have these other people and it doesn't matter. So, you know, they've got their dance community, they've got their family, they've got their unschool community and whatever else. Like one of my other girls does acro, one of them's trying scouts. So I just want them to have that sense of belonging to something and feeling like, you know, I'm important and I have a place and people would miss me if I wasn't here. And I feel like that's really important to their happiness and sense of self. And so uh, we, yeah, that was one of my top priorities is making a community of people who, you know, meet up regularly. So they're saying they're seeing the same kids every week and forming those friendships and, you know, all the stuff that goes with that, all the positive working out differences, you know, all the things that people say that we won't be able to do. <laughs> but and it's also such a, a much healthier socialization than at school because you know the parents are always there and we can help with any kind of things that are going on or anything that gets out of hand. But um yeah, I think that um I can't imagine them ever being like, you know, sick of doing what I want and playing with my friends for whole days and just making our own choices. I want to go to school and sit next to someone in a classroom. So <laughs> Um, yeah, it's I think really that's important. really valuable what you said about giving them something that they feel or lots of different kind of groups that they feel they belong to and that yeah. they would miss out on if they went to school. Yeah. So yeah. that becomes like a huge reason for keeping on doing what you're doing, aside yeah. from all the other reasons, but like also just the fact that you don't want to stop doing XYZ because yeah. you're good in, in that group of people and you, yeah. yeah, and it's normal for them to unschool. You know, if they didn't know any other or just a couple of kids who unschooled, then it feels like, well, most people are doing all this. But I don't think, I think they were pretty old until they realised, hang on, most people are going to school? I thought it was kind of like, you know, some people do this, some people do that. But, yeah. <laughs> no, it's a, quite a minority, but it doesn't feel like that in their life because half of their friends are unschooling friends. And so it seems normal and they're surrounded by other kids who are also doing the same thing. It doesn't seem weird or, yeah. Yeah. And that's yeah. another important thing, like also finding a community that's like-minded and in the sense of like, it's great to be part of groups that are also yeah school-going kids, but it's also great to have a group that is yeah. homeschooling because like you said, like it, it's a whole different reality and it's. It is. And the kids are, honestly, the kids are different and it's just, it is a different vibe. You, it's not the same as hanging out with school kids. When you go to dancing, you know, like, or, you know, any other kind of activity, the kids are 
I don't know. I don't know how to not be offensive, but like, um, <laughs> but they're, I don't know. They're concerned with different things. Everyone's wearing the latest stuff. They're all too cool for things. So they're talking about different kind of things. When you go to unschool group, people are wearing whatever they think is cool. People are, you know, hanging out with people of all ages. They've bought something interesting from home that they think is the best at the moment that maybe is not in in right now but like everyone is being 100% themselves and mm-hmm. it's a different a different vibe altogether and um I definitely wanted that for them not being the only kids like that but you know like I think it's a really good thing but it's different different to what kids are generally like it seems yeah peer pressure I guess that yeah all is like more intense yeah okay, then as far as I've, I've seen then the peer pressure that can happen in well there's almost no peer pressure or it's just different it's just yeah, a different it's not um that are not you know that are yeah. uh, self-created groups and yeah it's really hard to explain unless you go and be a part of it but but you know I often people will come and be like your kids are so happy or like when they're doing other activities like you homeschool like they're just so like friendly and they just they always talk to me and they they were like they always um I think it's always funny because people are like oh if you don't force them to have manners they're going to be horrible people but that so many times they'll be like oh they always like thank you for like doing that I'm like yes that's right <laughs> yes I trust you <laughs> um but yeah like oh everyone's kind of astounded that they're they're so happy and they you know they'll try anything and they I mean this is some of the things that are their personality but generally they're not afraid to um try things and be laughed at because that's not been their experience so they'll like give things a go they're confident and they kind of will talk to any adult like not afraid of them and yeah they're just different in a good way but in an unusual way and I definitely wanted them to be around more people like that and encourage that (laughs) and I think the the like peer pressure element also ties in with consent in a way because you can't really have like a consent-based environment and I'm thinking of like a say conventional school like that doesn't you can't have consent-based environment if you're feeling pressure from your own friends and peers right I mean you yeah. think that you're making small choices maybe in your peer group but you maybe aren't making fully autonomous choices because because you feel pressured right to be a certain yeah. way or to fit in or whatever which is very different to when you feel like you belong right yeah it doesn't have to be someone saying you have to do this it's just like mm-hmm. a feeling of I do have to do this otherwise Right going to be different and and at school it's important not to be different a lot of the time you know blend right in and not stand out <laughs> where it's yeah I think it's the opposite at homeschool group everyone's you know no care about blend there's no blending we're <laughs> not blending in with anyone <laughs> um okay well I'm gonna just uh say goodbye to you now yeah. Because <laughs> um, we've been chatting for an hour, and I'm trying not to make these too long, but um, it's been such a pleasure, and I I would just carry on talking forever. <laughs> um, do you want to? I mean, I think everybody who's listening to this probably knows where to find you, but would you just yeah. like to say uh, what your hand Instagram a- handle is, and maybe you want to say I know you're speaking at a conference? Oh yeah. 
totally. Wait, I'm I'm looking on Instagram now to find out what my name is because I can't remember. There's like underscores <laughs> and like underscore. Oh, yeah, I'm like, hang on, what is it? Oh yeah. Instagram is at Sarah S-A-R-A underscore happiness dot is dot here. But my website is happinessishereblog.com. Yeah, and you can find me on Facebook too. But yeah, I'm speaking about more about um belonging and creating a community at the Australian Homeschool Summit in a couple of weeks, actually. And that is really awesome. I re- I definitely recommend getting a ticket. I always watch a lot of the workshops because, I don't know, I love watching people talking about homeschooling and unschooling and watching what other people's days look like. That's really interesting to me. But um, it's all online and there's 30 workshops from different homeschoolers. It is Australian, but since it's online you can watch it anywhere in the world and there's only a few that are really specific to Australia so I think it's helpful for anyone so yeah I'm going to be speaking more about building a community because I feel like finally we have a really good community and we're meeting up regularly and it took like quite a long time to build that and a lot of people ask me how so I'm going to talk about that and why I think it's important and kind of yeah tell people hopefully motivate people to make it a priority because yeah hard work trying to find enough people who want to actually meet up regularly and not just you know kind of flit in and out of different things yeah okay I'm really excited about that so (laughs) yeah looking really looking forward to that Uh, okay well thank you for being here Sarah it was so nice to speak with you that's okay thank you for having me it's my first podcast Thank you for listening. You can find me, Fran, at Big Mothering on Instagram. If you enjoyed the podcast, please consider rating or reviewing it. It makes a huge difference. And thank you and bye-bye.